Speaking the truth to the state capitol. This is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, all right, all right. It is Wednesday, February 16th. Um, yeah, it should be whatever Wednesday, folks. I want it to be whatever Wednesday. Uh, this is the commander, Jack Riggins. This is Drive Time Lincoln. Uh, but I got to be honest, there's just fires everywhere. There's all kinds of things going on that precludes me from wanting to just have open call in. And uh, don't worry, detainee 722, Johnny Cadillac on the board is keeping track of the whatever Wednesdays, open days I owe the public. I mean, I think we're up to three now, maybe two. Uh, Yeah, I'd say two or three for sure. Okay, two or three for sure. Don't worry. He's logging them. I'm keeping track. We'll come around. It may be that we come into Drive Time Lincoln, folks, and the entire week is call-in week. And that's fine. We can do that. Um, first off, uh, we're going to get to uh, Jessica Shelbourne from Americans for Prosperity. Um, that'll be the entirety of the show. Um, and I'm looking forward to understanding her efforts and passions and what American for, for Prosperity is all about in their mission. And also, as I've been exploring their materials, um, you know, kind of uh, a real fact check on how our legislatures vote. Um, and I'm sure there's much, much more. So, well, heck, first, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I pre-warned her that it's a crazy busy day and I have to roll on uh, some things. So, okay. You don't need to call in and tell me Omaha's mass mandate has been lifted immediately. Okay, I got it. We're on day 176 of the mass siege in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm detainee 3101, and 722 is still on the board. Uh, detainee 4 still looks at the numbers, and we're all the way up to 14,000 detainees here in Lincoln, Nebraska in this short 180 days. Got it. Amazing, huh? Just down the road, not even, I wouldn't even call them our brother or sister. We're like Siamese twins, really, when you think about the flow of people. Uh, but amazingly, I mean, they finally got one through, and now they're done. And most of their schools, this is probably the most important thing, most of their schools are going to optional. Um, so, more than likely, Lincoln is finally going to lift its mandate, probably next week. Now the question will become schools. So that's going to fall on LPS. So that's going to be really interesting. You know, my stance on it, none of the numbers back up that a mask mandate works. Uh, we can all make our decisions on whether or not we should be vaxxed or not, or uh, what type of mask we want to wear. I don't believe in mandates. I think it's silly. I think we've proven, as well as the entire nation that's lifting these things now, that this makes no sense. So let's hope that Pat Lopez and the mayor are listening and, uh, you know, following suit. Okay, well... I was on LPS. I guess I'll have to go back to LPS because, oh, by the way, a new superintendent's going to be announced soon, uh, probably next week, I guess I've heard. So you know what? I know there's a lot of concerned parents. I've taken so many emails and phone calls, and I feel your pain, meaning I don't necessarily think that, wow, just like looking for a new police chief, we did our level best as a city to get the best qualified candidates. That's how I feel. I'm entitled to that. You're entitled to it. In the end of the day, we're not going to stop the vote. We're going to get who we're going to get. So I suspect masks and new superintendent are going to be the frontier, if you will, of another fight <laughs> in March. Okay. So that's pretty local. Um, interesting enough, I, I was up in Omaha today. I was driving back and I saw a lot of BLM stuff. And it made me go, oh, yeah, BLM. Oh, yeah, yeah BLM. Oh, yeah, what is it? 
Hey, BML Nationwide, Lincoln, Nebraska, what has that done for you? Where'd that go? Yeah, all the entire people that supported you have now turned back around and said, oh, well, we do have to fund the cops. Oh, by the way, has there been any social movement that moved the needle per the BLM socialist Marxist movement besides a few cities burning? Yeah, where did that go? Good job. Good job. You accomplished nothing except to get a pretty lame duck president in and to totally abolish a lot of people's belief in law and order, including in this city. And you didn't accomplish anything for any single African American or other subgroup. Fact. But anyway, if you're a big fan of BLM, uh, contact the show. Love to have you on. Let's catch up on how good your movement's going right now. Um, here's another one that's just driving me nuts. Well, let me back up before I get to drive me nuts. I've made some comments about this Jeff Fortenberry thing before. Um, I have said, I, I think people were confused, but I have said I want to see law and order play out. Okay, I believe in that. I also have said that in his position, he should be, as all public officials should be, uber careful with you know their money transactions and things like that. Okay, and I still believe that. However, I don't want anybody to think that that means I think Jeff Fortenberry did it, is, is guilty or anything like that. No, no, no. Let's let it play out. And the reason I say that is I had three thoughts and I want to share them with you. When it first happened, I thought, that makes no sense. Jeff Fortenberry, given his record and given what he's done, should absolutely know better and the people around him. So that doesn't add up. But nonetheless, people make mistakes. I get that. But I looked at it very interesting. Then, as it continued to break down, my second thought, very quickly after the first one was, I wonder if this is a Democratic hit. And then I was like, well, Jack, if you think it could be a Democratic hit, could be a Republican hit. Okay, folks, so that's the world we live in, and I want you to be aware that that's out there, meaning there are alternatives to how things appear and what really may be going on. I don't know, but I know enough to go, this whole thing stinks. Period. End of story. We're going to see what the court case is going to say. I'm going to give Representative Fortenberry the benefit of the doubt right now until that plays out. Once that plays out, we'll see where we go from there. It's very interesting how someone like Jeff Fortenberry and the subsequent movements after the fact have happened. I think you should watch it closely. I'm going to, and I'm going to report on it. Okay, what's important to you, Lincoln? Here's the deal. We just had this fairness ordinance passed twice, right? There's a referendum in place, a petition going around. This is really important stuff. A lot of people are asking questions, and I'll break it down on how this happened. And do you know what the vast majority of people in Lincoln and Nebraska care about right now today? Did you hear the podcast of Adrian Martinez? No, I'm serious. I'm talking to you, my fellow countrymen, my fellow citizens of Lincoln, Nebraska. Let Adrian Martinez go be a student athlete like he is. He did a lot of good things for Nebraska. Yes, it's NIL. Yes, he's at another school. And he made an honest comment from his perspective about his time here. It was neither damning, nor was it glowing. It was 
a college age kid's perspective. My point to everybody else in journalism and social media is get with the fights that matter. We've got a fight going on across political society values that we need to be engaged in. Not figuring out what underwear the starting quarterback of the Huskers wears. <laughs> All right, so we have a nice theory in the United States military. It's worked well for a lot of years. We never, ever, truly, uh, ever really go off the offensive. And a lot of people don't like that. Well, we do go on the defensive, and everybody that has been trained in the arts of Western warfare, why do we go on the defensive? To go on the offensive. Okay? So, that's a fact. That's how we fight as Americans. I say that because Roy Christensen did a great job yesterday talking big picture with this ordinance, and I agreed with, obviously, everything he said. And I said on air how it was kind of frustrating because he's really calling for communication. And I am too. I want you to know that. But at the same time, I have to balance, you know, are other people playing fairly, right? If I'm trying to be the broker and I'm trying to do things the right way, are the people on the other side that I'm trying to communicate, are they reciprocating that or are they busting all the rules and doing what they want? I don't know. I think Roy has a great point. But I also think sometimes there's room for a little fire and a little aggressiveness to get things done within the legal means. So in that regard, I'll say this. I've inquired to the city council so that all of you don't have to go out there and waste your energy because what you need to be doing is getting out there and sign the petition. And Chairman Bowers was kind enough to respond, and he did. He educated me better than I was educated on the actual laws of reporting requirements. And so I'm going to tell you, okay, yes, by law, the city council has to produce the agenda, okay? Ten days, by law, after that, they do have to report the minutes, okay? But they only have to report those minutes in writing in the building during business hours, which means you and I have to go there to look at them. They have no requirement to post you and I's comments. Why are we confused, Lincoln? Because historically, we have had a very transparent city council. And Roy testified to that, talked to that yesterday. They have changed things down there. I don't know why not. Benny Shobin and Richard McGinnis are talking. I think we're going to get them on early March. We're going to be able to talk through these things. That's good. Chairman Bowers, appreciate the communication and seeing your side of things. If I came across heavy-handed, um, I was wrong. On my interpretation of law, you were right. Good job. All right. Uh, Fairness ordinance. It passed. We'll talk about it more later in the show. Here's what you need to do right now. You need to go to Nebraska Family Alliance. You need to read up on signing the petition, and I'll get you more information on that and where to sign even tonight. If you're against the ordinance, then you need to sign, and then it goes back to where we were 10 years ago. City council will have to rescind it or they'll have to put it to the vote of the people. Fair enough. Nice monologue. Took a long time. Jessica, let's switch gears. Woo. How'd you like that, Johnny? Intensity to Inten- start off the show. Intensity. I, I liked it. All right. Jessica, <laughs> Americans for Prosperity. Yes. Um, yeah, wait. Thank you for calling me the showdown. <laughs> um, well, let's go with let's go with the mission. 
of Americans for, for Prosperity, because everybody might not know. Some people may know historically, but I always act as if, uh, you know, nobody knows. So we are an organization that essentially we want to break barriers that stand in the way of people succeeding. We want to create a society of mutual benefit and understand that that comes best when we're helping each other succeed. Uh, so, you know, a lot of our activities are spent with grassroots and then focusing on policy that creates barriers for individuals. So would I be kind of as private citizen, Jack Riggins, you're a little bit of a watchdog, you're a little bit of an uh, informational. Um, how, how would you describe in some of the more classic political terms or terms that, uh, uh, you know, average Joe well, we have an education side. Okay, so your education yes. on you're educating us on how our government works and yes. how our elected officials do their business. Yes. Got it. And then we want to engage you in the process. And so we're going to to help you mobilize. All right. So then you're you have an educational piece, then you're going to engage us because it's true, it's hard. You and I have talked about it. it's really hard to understand it. I said I feel as a radio host, I feel so far behind because I want to go back to 1979 and the little bill on Saturday morning cartoons and how it becomes a law. And yeah, that's that's a good thing for a, a fifth grade, you know, no, a five year old. And in, in 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 reality, it's different than that. Meaning, it's more complicated. It is, and, and you're helping us understand that. That's what I try to do, and that's what our team here in Nebraska wants to do. Um, because it, it is a very overwhelming process and can be very intimidating. And that a lot of times will cause people to pull back and, and not get involved. Uh, we want to give them the tools and the confidence to engage their local elected officials from, from city council all the way up to the governor and our federal delegation. And, and I appreciate you saying that because I probably uh, have some false macho hood where I don't like to say the word intimidated, but that's exactly right. Folks, it is intimidating. I am telling you, I have felt intimidated by all of this, just trying to understand state and just local, uh, you know, differences between, you know, county board and city council. So Americans for Prosperity is not only got the educational piece, but they're engaging with us and helping us understand why so we can become more educated voters and be passionate about the issues in our area. Correct. Oh, my God. You know, I now have a new place I'll be calling a lot. Hey, call anytime. <laughs> Tell me about uh, one of the tools you use, and I haven't been able to dig through all of them that you've done, though, is, and I, I think this is why I say watchdog, reporting on the way our legislators vote. Correct. So when I became state director in 2018, uh, one of the things that I wanted to do was incorporate a scorecard into our legislative engagement. Um, this has been growing since our first one in 2019. And the way we do it is we set it up as a progress report in the odd year. And then it's a comprehensive scorecard. So it encompasses both years of the um, biennium in the even year. and. We sit down, we look at bills that we think are a will make it to the floor um, with this current um, political environment. It's sometimes hard to get bills out of committee so the full legislature can even debate them. Um, but we look at the bills that have come out. Sometimes we'll engage in committee or we'll wait until they're on the floor. And I am always upfront with the senators. I send every sender a key vote alert saying this is a bill we're paying attention to. Try to keep 
keep it pretty short, some bullet points, um, and let them know if I'm engaging on a bill, I'm usually around the Capitol trying to have conversations with the senders to see where they're at, to answer any questions, trying to, um, to steal a word that you used earlier, be very transparent about it. Um, and this really came about after 15 years of being a legislative staffer and being very frustrated with my elected officials who would sit on the floor of the legislature and be present, not voting. And that's why I, I felt it important to let our citizens know. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm looking at your progress report and, um, you know, besides the education piece, which we've nailed down, then the engagement with the public to understand the process, not be intimidated, get educated. You're a great resource for that. In your progress report, you essentially talk about um, bills or potential laws and things that you uh, favor, you, you oppose, why you do. Um, you make it very simple in there. What you're saying is you go around to the actual legislators and remind them, well, here's, here's what a good majority of the people in Nebraska are saying on this, you know, based on our work. Um, and in a way, you're also helping the legislators do their job and be transparent to all of us. So it's a nice, it sounds like a nice feedback loop. I shouldn't say sounds. I know it is, you know, that, you know, this is what happens when you get on radio and you're dealing with all these, crazy sort of not kind of no it is and it's it's very straightforward folks and it's very transparent and uh and it makes it easier to not be intimidated and understand these positions or to say i don't agree with afp's position there correct yeah um well we've got 30 seconds uh when we come back we're on with uh jessica sheldon from americans for prosperity we'll talk about the scorecard because I find that interesting because a lot of times our elected officials go off. Let's be honest, we lose track of them. Well, the only way you really know what they're doing really is when they vote for something. And you keep track of that, which means you and I, call it listeners, we can go see what our elected officials are doing. 1499 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL. With Commander Jack Riggins on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. All right, uh, back on Drive Time Lincoln, we've got Jessica Shelbourne from Americans for Prosperity's in um, talking about all the goodness that that organization is doing. Um, we, you know, we only have two minutes in the segment, but uh, give me a hot one or two bills that are going through right now. Or is it got to be three or four or five, a hundred? Well, our priority yeah, with AFP Nebraska is. Uh, Working to advance LB 939, you know, it might not be the ideal bill, but it would reduce the tax burden for those individuals who are in the upper bracket. And I remember sitting at the legislature as a staffer, um, just barely in that bracket. So making about 30,000 a year and finding out I was in the same bracket with Warren Buffett. (laughs) Um, You know, and so while they say it doesn't help those individuals much. You know, when I was a legislative staffer or a high school teacher and a single parent, I would have taken that increase even if it was very small. Yeah, and I think that uh, one of the uh, reoccurring themes across the state here in Lincoln everywhere is tax relief. Mm -hmm. Um, You you hear different ideas about it. I know the governors have got some ideas on it. Obviously, state senators are trying to get some stuff done. But I think universally, all of, if there's one thing Nebraskans can agree on, it's they would like some tax relief. 
Yes. So, and they're in desperate need of it. Yeah. And, and you know, your story, I'm sorry, audience, but I mean, just to hear that and to be honest, true or not true. And I know you, so I know it's true. But even if it wasn't true, that is just funny. <laughs> I mean, the fact that that could exist. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, oh, man. All right, folks, we're going to keep going with American for Prosperity. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit in the second segment on um, this fairness ordinance and uh, how it came about. We're really just going to put it to end because here's the deal. It's here, and now it's all about the petition and the referendum. But I'll explain how we got here. 14993 KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 14993 KLIN. All right, we're back on a, uh, oh boy, it's a wacky Wednesday, it feels like. A lot of energy, just feels like a fire hose, fires all around. Uh, But hey, you know what? I get it. That's only if you care. And I care. And I care about conservative values. I care about democracy. And so as I get information and as I mess up, I like to tell you about it. And I also like to give you information so that you don't have to waste your energy on things that don't matter. Um, we will talk more mid-segment about the fairness ordinance, how it came about, and where you should put your energies, which is simply inside the petition. Until then, Jessica Shelbourne from Americans for Prosperity is on. She's kind of breaking down what they do really to help us be educated on our um, how our laws and bills and everything gets done down at the state capitol and city. And they educate on it. They outreach to us so that we can be educated. And where we were at is you were talking about your activities to also help the legislators themselves, you know, do their business. Now, the thing I love is we've talked about things they support, things they don't in their um, progressive report, progress report, progressive Mm -hmm. report. See, that's a problem when you're talking about progressives and conservatives (laughs) too much. Your report card on how our elected officials vote. Where did that come about? And how has that been received? Well, you know, when I was a legislative staffer, there were several different organizations that would issue a report card, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that some AFP chapters across the country did. Uh, something that I chose to bring back and really focus on. Um, and you'll look, I brought you the the first couple ones that we did. And our engagement was fairly limited and very focused. Um, what you will see starting last year and then especially this year, we're really engaging on a lot more subjects and bills, but still keeping our main focus on the tax reform and yeah. bringing tax relief to Nebraskans. Yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of a um, what we would call forward echelon of helping educate and, and really fight for tax relief for all Nebraskans, because um, that is a, like we discussed earlier, that's a. Uh, something I think we all agree on, which is rare. Um, and it does require some legislation to get done um, every time. Um, I don't know if you would have it offhand, but is there any way you could provide me examples? We don't have to say names if you're uncomfortable with that, but who represents what they say they represent in their voting and, and who doesn't? Well, <laughs> or an example, maybe not a name, but just like, you know, so-and-so says this, does this, gets voted in on this. But then here's kind of like what we see voting-wise. Well, I think it's really easy to campaign and stump on the fact that you're going to lower taxes and you're going to be thinking of the taxpayer in the forefront at every vote that you take. Um, 
it doesn't always work out that way. Mm-hmm. And when senators get elected, they come down here, you know, there's those conversations of, oh, but we're great friends. Can you just help me out and, right. and support my bill? And, and those things happen. Um, it, it's unfortunate because I think in those scenarios, it's the taxpayer that loses. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in a situation that is going to be very difficult to, to rectify or to change course. Right. Um, we all know that we have a big mountain ahead of us. And, you know, you, you said that everyone can agree on the fact that we want to lower taxes. Right. We have a high tax burden. The problem is finding agreement on how we do that. Yeah, everybody <laughs> can agree that we want that. We can't agree on how to do that. Right. And, and like to you said, to make meaningful change. Right. There's a lot of different ideas being floated out there. I'm kind of a policy nerd. So I try to get into the nuts and bolts of it to yeah. see, you know, if it's actually going to play out the way we anticipate or if we're going to end up in a worse situation. Sure, sure. Because that's the other thing. I mean, we all want something and then whatever finally gets agreed upon uh, may, in fact, in actuality, not be as good as we thought or as we had. And now mm-hmm. we're disappointed and uh, vice versa. Off we go. Um, you know, that that's. I think that's an interesting dichotomy that people don't realize is there's things like we agree on and then we go to put it into practice and it it we get disappointed. Right. You know. And I mean you can listen to debate from last week and then you listen to debate this week and debating two different bills and the same arguments being used by the same individuals but in reverse. Right. And so, you know, we kind of pick and choose how we want to use the information. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, it'll be 939. It helps like 60% of Nebraska families yeah. would see a lower tax burden. Well, so, you know, kind of on topic, kind of not on topic, but I was reading up yesterday, I think on 906, and uh, this is Senator Hansen, I think he was trying to, and he's, he is trying, I don't know where it's at right now, to create legislation to protect unvaccinated workers Mm -hmm. or people that wanted to have a choice. And if you read it, it's a very short bill. I read it and its intent is awesome. But all of a sudden it gets to the floor and it starts getting hijacked. I watched this process and I had plenty of sources reporting to me live and it gets hijacked by democratic operatives into something that's not intended to be and and I'm watching reverse justifications that were used just a year ago for COVID and masking and all of this to fight a bill that's saying, hey, there's workers in Nebraska that need to be protected if they don't want to get vaxxed. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, holy cow, like a large contingent of Democrats said, "Woo." We could go ahead and kind of use the argument for COVID things, flip it a little bit, change it, and we can make that bill look really, really bad. And I don't know where it's at right now, but I know this. Senator Hansen had the best intentions to protect Nebraskans' rights to choose your medical care and stay employed. To me, I don't see any problem with that. But in the political process, clearly it's being uh, goobly gopped. That's a good word for it. I mean, but how I will else do you describe it? It did advance today. Good. So thank so you. See, it, there's it a good advanced. story, folks. 
There's a good story. The process gets it a little further. But, you know, who knows if it doesn't if there isn't so many people watching it because that's the thing is I wouldn't be aware of it if there weren't people that cared that were tweeting, texting, and rallying the troops to understand it and to, you know, go down there and testify and just... I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say for it to advance. I know this, and so for everybody that's worked on 906, congratulations on getting it this far. Because here's the deal: what should be easy has had to take a Herculean effort just to get it this far, right? I mean, it's a case study in um, how these things go from good idea to working through the machine, and Mm -hmm. you know, we're gonna see how it turns out. But I'm throwing kudos to the folks for that. Um, Some other highlights or things you're looking forward to with AFP. Well, you know, I'm really looking forward to finishing out session, finding some ways to bring meaningful tax relief to our citizens. Um, It's not going to be easy. And then once the legislature adjourns, Tiny Die, you know, our focus is going to going to change gears and we'll start getting ready for next year's legislative session um, and really diving into how we can make that meaningful tax relief yeah. come about because we have to do something yeah i like that you have you, you have that focus it's clear it's concise it's uh like i said there's no doubt it's it's very much supported by a, a vast majority of nebraskans and, and you're helping us understand you're not just on that issue but many issues if you uh get involved with afp where would people find you what's the best place to find you so you can go to fighting for the good com. And that's our website. And on the website right now, you'll see a take action button. So if you want to let your senator know um, that they that you would encourage them to support 939 and giving us some tax relief, please click that button and send your sender an email. I love it. And, you know, I'll tell you this, folks, I've got uh, I've got the backlog of the uh, progress reports and the scorecards. And they're a really simple read. They're laid out really nice. Um, they're going to take things that can be very intimidating. As I said, I've been intimidated by this all and break it down so that you can understand. And, and I really do like the scorecards. And the reason is, is because, um, I just always kind of giggle every time an election comes around, all of a sudden abortion's the biggest issue in all of America. I'm not knocking it one way or the other. I'm just saying it, it's like, it just pops up, um, depending on the flavor. Um, marijuana can sometimes be a big issue. Um, but it, but it's amazing how there's, what elected officials do to get elected and then there's the actual um what they actually do and vote on when they're there and i'm glad that jessica and americans for prosperity um you know are looking out for us because i think citizens sometimes get intimidated and just get tired and don't want to look you know it is it is what it is it's overwhelming it is overwhelming i mean there's over 1200 bills yeah so you said a, a great word right and i think people forget um I'm new to radio. I'm new to reporting. Some people go, oh, shut up. You've been on the air forever. Hold on. There's a lot of different things like you can cover on a show like this. This is the first time in my adult life I have paid attention to a legislative session and a city count. Like, first time. So to me, I'm like, oh, January, February, it's winter. Things slow down. Actually, no. <laughs> like, these are go months mm-hmm. in the state of Nebraska. I couldn't have said that last year. I hadn't even met people from KLAN. So I'm with you. It's, it is a sprint. It's, you've got to finish it out. If you're involved in, in politics and care and you want to be a citizen that's engaged, I'll tell you what, January, February, and all these sessions are go months. Mm-hmm. And no doubt about it. I mean, look up at the state, 1,200. 
There were Things we're introduced. up to like twelve hundred and some God. bills, but that's from last year and yeah, this I know. year. Carried but forward. yeah, my God, efficiency. <laughs> but at the same time, folks, uh, same thing here, right? The fairness mm-hmm. ordinance passed. We're all kind of sleepy, ha- happy with our Christmas bellies, and you know whatever you got for New Year's. And by God, by the time February rolls around, you know I wake up one morning and all I hear is, "We got to get this done for Valentine's Day," and it was like call to action. <laughs> All right, let me uh, let me break this down real quick, and if, we'll have a few minutes. We'll get back with Jessica. Okay, so you know, we passed the fairness ordinance, the old 10-year-ago one, on Monday, 5-0. That's done. Okay, like me, and all of you have been texting me and calling me, we're going, how could this happen legally? I'm going to break it down to you. Okay, it is legal. If you go read the city charter and all these things, It doesn't seem like it's legal, but it's legal. And here's why. Okay. Because the city didn't rescind and didn't put it to vote 10 years ago. Yeah, it's not really illegal, but it's definitely not following the charter. But here's the deal. If we took it to court, folks, if we took it to court, the court would say, yeah, but nothing happened. It didn't get passed. Right. So we did not live as the citizenry of Lincoln, Nebraska for the last 10 years because of all those actions. Okay. So you're like, okay, I see what you're saying. Like, they didn't follow all the way through and do A or B, but they didn't enact the law. Okay, that's what, a, that's what a court would say if we went ahead and said, I think there's grounds for a case. Okay, number two, you ask, well, why didn't they put it to vote over the years? Well, Roy Christensen talked about some of the dynamics there. New leadership in city council, new mayors over the years, nobody really wanted to put it to vote because probably they were unsure how the vote would go. Okay, I don't like that, but that's fair in the court of law. We fast forward to last couple weeks. The law as it's written, you go, no, Jack, this is a black and white issue. Well, it's not. In fact, there's other sub laws that would be used to show that Prior administrations, prior city councils don't have to be beholden to the actions from 10 years ago. Meaning, since the law was never enacted, meaning the fairness ordinance, a court of law today would say, well, nothing happened of it. Yes, you were burdened, you went out and you did the referendum, but in the end of the day, you didn't have to live under this law. Okay, now the new city council and the new mayor They want to pass this exactly or this a little adjusted and they would have the legal right to do so. And that is exactly what happened. So my point is, I've talked to three lawyers today. Well, three hours lawyers. And I want to give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to the county attorney who gave me some good advice, meaning broad, um, the Nebraska Attorney General, specifically Suzanne Gage, gave me good advice. Not legal advice, just trying to let me understand this. Great advice. Talked to Barry Law Firm. Great advice. Talked to another local lawyer who we're going to have on the show first week of March. And he was able to break it down so that I could go, okay, now I understand it and I'm going to tell the people from the local lawyer. And we're going to have him on if you want to know the specifics. But in fact, it's done. That's what you, the people, need to know. Don't spend any of your energy chasing the legalities of it. What you need to know is 5-0, referendum is here, it's time to go vote. If you're unclear what I'm talking about with the fairness ordinance, and some of you might be, Nebraska Family Alliance kind of breaks it down like this. 
The onus is affects businesses, families, and churches in Lincoln. Men who profess a female identity must have open access to women's bathrooms and locker rooms in all businesses, open to the public, private schools, youth sports leagues, and even churches. Ah, interesting. The ordinance threatens business owners with devastating financial liability. I think the minimum is $10,000. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I think. And empowers the government to punish citizens with biblical beliefs on marriage and sexuality. A business or nonprofit could be guilty of violating the law for failing to use someone's preferred pronouns or for preventing men who self-identify as a woman from entering women's bathrooms. You could be liable for creating a hostile work environment for expressing biblical beliefs on marriage and sexuality. Business and churches allowing outside groups to use their building could be forced to allow events or promote ideas that violate their beliefs. That, there is nothing in there that speaks of freedom or protection for the greater good of Lincoln, Nebraska, when everybody who has spoke on behalf of this has said how great the last 10 years have been in Lincoln, Nebraska. We don't need a super protected class. I'll end with this on this topic. The one thing that's not on there with Nebraska Family Alliance that I want to add in. We've redefined, and I'm going to keep saying it, we've redefined service animals. A miniature pony is now a service animal. Now, the city council didn't define the size, width, breadth of miniature pony, but a miniature pony is a service animal. More than likely, someone got on a bus with one that was a legitimate service animal, and it caused everybody to freak out, and nobody in the city knew what to do. One case. One case. But we're going to redefine service animal. That affects all the landlords and all the people that do services. So if you own a business, I want you to understand A miniature pony can now legally, if this goes through, come into your business on Friday night and sit down next to all your customers. And there ain't squat you can do about it. So you got to sign the referendum, right? Tonight, February 16th, 7 to 8 p.m. at Nebraska Family Alliance headquarters. Thursday and uh, at Nebraska Family Alliance. I'll go through it again. I'm just rolling right now. 1,499.3. You're getting the 411 from DTL. With Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're finishing up. I hope you understand, you know, the down and dirty on the fairness ordinance and where to go sign. Uh, like I said, tonight at 7 to 8 p.m., Nebraska Family Alliance, 1106 E Street here in Lincoln. Uh, Thursday as well, uh, 7 to 8 at Nebraska Family Alliance. There'll be plenty more information coming out through all sources on this, including this station. So we're going to keep you posted. Here's the deal. If you care about the ordinance, if you're in opposition, it's time to mobilize. It's time to get committed. Sign the petition. Jessica, I can't thank you enough for coming in. It's kind of been a hot and heavy show. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Final thoughts just on your organization and, and, and again, the future, or maybe as like say, call to action to the listeners. You know, There's a lot of misinformation out there, especially when you start talking about taxes, Uh, and it can be very overwhelming to try to figure out what's true and and what to believe. Uh, Don't give up. 
You bet. Get engaged. Talk to folks. We're going to AFP Nebraska is going to be doing a town hall with Senator Linehan, Governor Ricketts tomorrow, a telephone town hall to talk about LB 939 and the income taxes. So please join us. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, We'll definitely have you back on. So we because that's a big passion of mine to keep the voters educated. I know that me myself, I do confuse the voters sometime and the listeners. So it's nice to have folks like you that are able to think through a little more clearly and kind of get it going. Cause folks, that, that's the thing. We just have to be engaged in our democracy and we have to be engaged in informed voters. Um, so that's kind of the point. Hey, tomorrow, uh, we have Lily and Samara, the first grader that testified for masks against masks at LPS and Nebraskans against government overreach talking about the freedom convoy that's coming to the state capitol March 1st. I'm going to try to convince them to not go to the state capitol, but surround city hall. It will have a bigger impact on the state and the nation if they go ahead and use their freedoms to come surround city hall. 14993 drive time Lincoln.